The year is 2004. I'm Dave. I'm Zach. I'm Charlotte. And this is My Marvelous Year. Welcome to My Marvelous Year, the comic book podcast and reading club, where we go through all of the Marvel Universe from its origins to today. I'm Charlotte, your comic book rainbow belt, and today I'm joined by my two co-hosts. First, he's been hanging from the tree of knowledge for a week, and he has received one clear mission from the gods. This podcast must die. It's Zach Odinson. How's it going, Zach? <laughs> it's really good, but sorry, I'm insulted because I'm, I am revved to talk about the comics today. I am so excited Ooh. and to imply that I want to burn this whole podcast down is extremely rare. I, I thought for sure you are going to say Dave there. Dave's been the, <laughs> Dave's the comic misanthrope. Sorry, sorry. Please introduce. Wow. wow. Use, Whoa. Uses his Whoa. introduction Coming to just slander me for no reason. Yeah. Oh, carry on, Charlotte. Yeah, we're also joined by someone who just can't help himself but mention other people's imaginary kids, even though he's not supposed to. <laughs> it's Dave and Dine. How's it going, Dave? Hey, it's going great. It's going. Listen, here's the thing. If you don't want it to come up, you have to wipe my memory, too. That is unreasonable <laughs> to think I'm not going to try fair, to connect and talk about your kids. You know, like, I'm so yep. self-centered, I'm only going to talk about my three boys. Come on. Come on. That's, that's very fair. Yeah, so like you, you might have uh, understood, we're talking about uh, Avengers Disassembled, the the first in the the two thousands era of uh, of Marvel Comics events. Uh, this is a big thing that's going on, and also some Thor comics that are technically in this, but like I feel like are, are good enough that they're they're the whole thing uh, separately. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So let's. Uh, should we start uh, with uh, with Thor comics with Ragnarok? We should start. We should start by imploring our audience to please. Please give us money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Uh, yeah, please give us some money. Uh, Patreon.com slash MyRevelsHere to support us. And uh, can go to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, MyRevelsHere, to uh, leave a review for the show. You don't have to give us money to do that, but we always appreciate seeing that. And also go listen to Charlotte Nye's side podcast, Extra Issues. The public feed of it right now is covering, I think, our Garth Ennis The Boys episode came out. And by the time this episode comes out, I think the episode that Dave guested on covering Alan Moore's Miracle Man might be out. Um, you can find that. It's got its own public feed. It's in the feed where my ultimate year used to live. And then if you back us on Patreon, you can get six months early access to that. So we're doing all kinds of fun stuff over there. I, I appreciate okay. the offer. I don't really like comic book podcasts, so I don't know that I will be mm, doing I that. I understand. Yeah. Um, but I, yeah. I appreciate what you're pitching nonetheless. Uh, you're talking Thank about you. some, you're definitely covering some very good comics that have encouraged me to uh, to read some things. And I guess if I'm on an episode, I'll probably, mm -hmm. I'll probably have to listen <laughs> to that one. <laughs> 
Really? You'd listen to the one you're on? I thought like you and I are uh, aligned in just being like overhearing ourselves on the podcast. Right? Well, no. See, like, you know how a lot of folks are like, oh, I don't like the sound of my own voice. I love the sound of my own voice. I oh, I don't mind that. I cannot I'm just like, get enough of yeah. the sound of my own voice. Uh, no, I don't actually listen to our most of our MMY episodes. Although I will say I actually I was doing some roofing work. And uh, I, I went back and listened to our variant covers just to have something mm-hmm. to, to go on. And it was really fun. It was it was fun to yeah, listen to three of us. It, it's always kind of nice to be like, <laughs> yeah, like we can we can carry a podcast through and, and do a decent job talking Secret Invasion or um, Across Spider-Verse or whatever. Uh, so, no, I still enjoy it from time to time. But, unfortunately, I don't like comic book podcasts. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, a, that's the rub. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but we are talking Avengers Dissemble today. This is a big one. I think this is... This is definitely a jumping on point. I mean, this is definitely a moment that I think a lot of folks in the club have been waiting for. I mean, for years, and it's something I've talked about on CBH a lot, obviously, like Avengers Disassembled is is kind of the go-to, like, where should I start with modern Marvel? You know, hmm. like kind of there's there's definitely a real delineated before and after. Um, I don't know that it's literally the I don't I don't think it's actually the best starting place, but I, I get where that's coming from just in terms of like, yeah, the momentum and the gravity and the keys to the kingdom being handed to writer Brian Michael Bendis here, like this, this sets forth like kind of what Marvel comics are going to be and what they're going to feel like for, I mean, six to seven years. Um, Especially if you're looking for like an MCU style unified Marvel universe around the Avengers, like mm -hmm. that, this is where it begins. This is where the Avengers are the center of Marvel events and the Marvel universe. Um, And I, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's weird reading this and we're like, oh, this is this is the MCU. This is this is what's the, this is what's going on. This is where this is where it begins. Uh, yeah, and it's definitely. I I had that that same thought for well, not exactly that it was the MCU or unified or anything, but I had the thought of like this does seem like a really good like kind of outside like you don't really need to know you know what, who Jack of Hearts is or whatever. Not at like, all. Yeah. You can, Kind of jump in here in the mystery. It kind of reminds me of Identity Crisis, to be honest. I think yes. I'm that compar- yes. comparison, comparison a few times. It like kind of gets you in the world until <laughs> I'm going to say I think that's true in this comic until like the last issue of it, and then all of a sudden I'm like, oh my god, we're back in like Roy Thomas Avengers again. <laughs> like now we're <laughs> back in like it's just Scarlet Witch is parentage, both going in both whoa, directions. Whoa, whoa, her whoa, parents. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I know. Whoa, I'm just saying, whoa. like, it's just all of a sudden it's deeply enmeshed in. S- that's an SWSW. <laughs> I'm saying Scarlet Witch Magneto's her dad. Oh, I can't say Magneto's Scarlet Witch's dad anymore. And also, first off, okay, no, you can't, Zach. Oh, you can't okay. be spreading misinformation on our podcast. Oh, yeah, wow. I know. It's we're back and forth on that. Still, it's kind of wild. Anyway, um, no, yes, you, I. You're totally yeah. right. You're totally right. It definitely has an identity crisis feel. Um, let let let's let's start at the beginning, right? Let's, review identity crisis. Let's <laughs> let's start at the beginning. And when I say the beginning, let's start, I let's mean let's go back to Roy Thomas. Well, I'm thinking the first the first podcast Zach and I ever recorded, which was in fact mm-hmm. an identity crisis conversation. And boy, was it a yeah. mess! But it was fun enough that we kept going. <laughs> yeah, it was like it, I think it was a test. To see if either of us were like crazy. <laughs> Every everything about this works and is good to me. Yeah. And then it'd be like, all right, well, yeah, yeah. this isn't. Which is what I said to Brad Meltzer when I interviewed him because I'm very afraid mm-hmm. of confrontation. Oh, I so. I re- I actually really defend that comic. I, I dig that comic a no, lot. No, I, I did ask him about it, and he some... he defends it hard. He he yeah. is he has yeah, it's, no it's good. No compunction to uh, I don't know if that's a word, but he definitely does not. He's not an apology to her. Um, okay. Speaking of apology tours, mm, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, I would mildly like to apologize. Oh, damn! For Ooh, taking Thor disassembled 
out of the official reading list. Now, I know the tried and true dedicated MMY warriors are going to just use the Comic Book Herald reading order, which is included in the spreadsheet, which you can get for as little as $1 a month by donating to patreon.com slash this year. But I pulled it out for our reading because I was like, eh, you don't need it, and I don't want to read more than I have to. Um, right? We're always trying to curate and, and whittle this down to a manageable total. It's quite good. <laughs> and I had yeah. I had remembered it more in terms of like, oh, it explains where Thor is. And there, obviously, like, there's there's continuity ramifications. But I hadn't really remembered that it was, like, pretty enjoyable comics. Um, so so let's start there before we talk about the Avengers of it all. To, and... to point it out on the uh, spreadsheet, it does say Thor. It says out of all the times, it says Thor disassembled is the most essential. So we do have it next okay. level. Okay. And I know I recommended it to I just, I just went previously. in and made it bold yeah. on the spreadsheet. So people should see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I agree. I I like the Thor disassembled more than the actual event. So I'll just uh plant my my flag there. Okay. Did Charlotte, did you also did you read that? Did you read other tie-ins? We're we're both you net out. Yeah. I read all the tie-ins, and I agree that I think Thor is by far the the best one. Even though I don't, it's the least of an actual disassembled tie-in. Right. Like it doesn't. It it, it is a disassembled tie-in, as in like structurally, the thing that's happening to Thor is. Similar to the thing that's happening happening to the other characters, which is the an ending to their storylines and come like their all surrounding cast coming together to end that storyline. Um, but like it has nothing to do with what's going on with uh, Sky Twitch and the Assembled and, and and none of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I I read <clears throat> I read the Thor tie-ins and then I began the Iron Man and Captain America. Like I read the Captain America and Falcon. I read a few issues of Captain America, and then I fell off the tie-ins because I was like, "Eh, none of the rest of this is like grabbing me." Are these so, the Captain and America read... and Falcon tie-ins that are written by Robert Kirkman? Yeah, they're okay. Like it was fine. I just wasn't like. No, isn't I didn't feel isn't strongly Captain like... America written by Kirkman and Captain America and Falcon written by uh, Christopher Priest? Yes. Yep. That's oh, right. it's Priest. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And you can tell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, it's good though. I kind of like. I I dug it all. It wasn't that. It just kind of was like. I, once I, I got into the main Avengers issues, I was like, oh, this really isn't tied in. I don't need to be reading this. Besides, yeah, it's, it's like, purely why isn't Thor here is, is really yeah, the only, well, yeah, the only yeah, way you can yeah. explain it as a disassembled. I mean, it is it is disassembling Thor. So if you take if you take the mantra of, okay, disassemble the franchise and you apply that to Thor comics, Ragnarok's a pretty good way to do that, <laughs> right? Yeah. So like doing an actual... Because we've seen... Certainly, Thor readers have seen, you know, Ragnarok attempts, right? We've seen versions of this. Simonson plays with it, certainly a little bit. Um, but this one actually commits harder, mm-hmm. uh, I think, by yeah. virtue of a Marvel editorial that is genuinely like, no, we are taking Thor off the board for a little bit. You know, obviously, that's a a first time that's ever happened. I mean, here we are in 2004, and it is actually, like, I don't know if it was treated as momentously, but, like, Everybody's books just continue, right? Like since 1963, like with the exception of X Men, of course, famously, um, for the 70s stint. Like if you're if you're a big name or or a core Avenger or whatever, like your title just goes on. There's no pause. There's no break. Fantastic Four never takes a couple years off. So like a thing that actually ends Thor comics for a couple years, pretty unique in in Marvel history, um, and a, a fairly satisfying way of getting there. I have to say. Yeah the the like. There's a lot to talk about here for me, but like I think the illusion of change thing uh, works really well here because 
like, you know, deep, deep, deep in my bones. I know that this is not truly the end of Thor, and we'll, we'll, let's, we'll talk about the details of this, but, like, it sells that it is. And I, you know, I, I, I could fall into the, like, illusion here and, like, let myself believe, like, in what was happening. In the same way, actually, I think Avengers Disassembled hit some of those, you know, beats with the, like, the peril striking yeah. the Avengers. It feels grounded enough, even though, you know, you might know a little better. All right, so, yeah, Thor, uh, Ragnarok, ha- Ragnarok is happening. Um, Loki tracks down the forge that has created Mjolnir however many eons ago. Um, and I just want to point out a detail of this that I love. It gives, like, the background history on, like, the creation of the world, that Odin created the world from the bones of a giant, and he has this forge that these three dwarves use to make Mjolnir, and this forge is too dangerous, and it can't be, you know, found by anyone. The dwarves just carry it around trying to keep it hidden. Um, and they talk about during, you know, it's so dangerous that during the forging of Mjolnir, just the, like... The, the sparks in the lava that splashed out of the forge is what caused the dinosaurs to go extinct. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love, like, just huge ramifications for the Marvel Universe in this, like, a two-page or two-panel aside. It's so funny to me. Just, well, that's that, like, a really, that's like, that Neil Gaiman, P. Craig Russell, Norse mythology vibe where it's like take mm-hmm. the you know take the these myth- mythological stories as they were told and then yeah these like this is how the world was made kind of you know ramifications mm-hmm. um and that one's super fun right the, what killed yeah, the dinosaurs right. thor's hammer yeah. <laughs> like that that's yeah, pretty the, great the asteroid oh, was actually even just though like... it's probably like one of ten ways the dinosaurs died in the, in the marvel universe yeah but yeah, sure yeah, yeah. yeah. sure yeah sure um, anyway, Loki finds this forge. That's how this all plays out. Loki finds the forge and makes himself and all his cohorts <laughs> and like uh, all his his son, the uh, the wolf god Fenrir, I think. Fenris. And it, Fenris uh, makes all of them a bunch of hammers, and they go and attack Loki, or they go attack Thor and uh, Asgard, and it's just kind of this like brutal campaign of violence. You immediately lose a bunch of, uh, like, Baldur's killed immediately, Thor's hammer is broken, um, Sif loses an arm. Like, it does It does a really good job of making it all feel like the threat and the stakes just keep, like, piling up and piling up and piling up. Yeah. And it kind of goes back and forth. It's not all, like, just hopelessness. I like the issue. Thor goes and brings Captain America and Iron Man to Asgard to help him like fight off uh, some guys and then he sends them back but like it's it's a small victory and then you know they fall into despair again it kind of goes back and forth like a war i guess um yeah and it's just like i got really rooted in the like invested in the actual war that was happening here mm-hmm. and the outcome of it because it felt like they were really wiping stuff off the board they were really saying like you know this city is destroyed these the warriors three who has died more than the warriors three i feel like the warriors three are so expendable (laughs) anytime you want to be like and this villain's bad it's like i blame i blame the mcu for that Uh attitude definitely the mcu made that the mcu made the warriors three the expendables for sure Mm. um i feel like they Um, had more value like because like when when folks die in in ragnarok here you know there's kind of meaning right these are characters that we know and then generally we do care about, but you know, to your joke, like generally Volstagg doesn't die. Like the death of Volstagg is a deal in Thor comics. You know what I mean? And and there's just such Mm -hmm. editorial green light right now, both here and in Avengers disassembled where there's, it it provides a real gravity to what is happening. I think. And and to your point, Zach, it's like, okay, we're comics fans. 
we know how this goes. We know some of these characters are going to come back. We know there's going to be... Please don't. Please don't call me a comics fan. <laughs> sorry. Sorry for that insult. <laughs> Disgusting. Um, yeah. Uh, but, we, you know, it's like we know the game, but it's like mm. the point, the point is that we'll, while folks are reading it, is to wrap them in the experience, to wrap them in the gravity, and to not be thinking outside of, well, six months from now. If you're thinking mm-hmm. about that, you're not as immersed in the story as you should be. And and it's the story's job to grab you and make you do that, right? Uh, and I think these both actually have, again, a real gravity to them, where it just feels like, it feels like moments. They feel like genuine moments, whether they're fantastically executed or not, we can debate. Um, but they actually do feel like events. And mm-hmm. that is something yeah. that I think we're going to talk about a lot as now yeah. we enter the official Marvel era of events where they just never stop coming um, is like, what, what do you look for in that? What does, what matters, you know? Cause the, cause an event comic is so rarely, if ever sort of meant to be like, um, you know, like, like a high, like a Craven's last hunt. Right or like uh, Wolverine Weapon X or some of these books that we hold up or Electro Assassin, right? Or some of these books that we hold up and be like, these are our favorites. You know what I mean? They're instead meant to have a massive gravity that you kind of never forget and that does alter everything around it, you know? Um, Obviously, Crisis on Infinite Earths from DC being sort of the template, um, although Mm, mm -hmm. that is a work that in it I actually really have a hard time reading <laughs> right the actual experience of yeah. reading that story i think is quite a slog um no george perez sandro it looks fantastic but uh but the things that happen in that book the moments are massive they they're very very memorable uh and that's that's kind of what marvel is trying to tap into here um and i think in this particular instance because you know in charlotte you said it's the first event of the 2000s or whatever it's like well, actually it's not right <laughs> remember maximum security you know like like yeah. it's not like marvel no. doesn't have yeah <laughs> I mean, not really. it's not like marvel hasn't had events since infinity yeah. gauntlet right just none of them have the gravity that these do to, to also, make like, it clear if anyone else has this feeling because i think some listeners might feel the same as me all the talk of like this being the first event, blah blah blah, and you know this feels like it's beckoning a new age. I I don't like feel that reading the comic. You know, I think I think that's coming a little bit from like meta knowledge from you and Charlotte. Yeah, that's fair. So like just just to say, if you're a listener and you're you know reading along, you're like, I don't know, this felt like you know a slightly more modern event, and that's it. Then you know, that that's how I felt about it too. I do think it. It does feel very much more modern. Like, if we're comparing this to Maximum Security, Maximum Security yeah, sure. is a 90s event in the yeah. 2000s. I'd, I'd g- I almost go as far yeah. to say it's a 70s event in, in the 2000s. Um, <laughs> yeah. This does feel like, oh, we're bringing that, like, Brian Michael Bendis, like, new new blood uh, of writers of Marvel Knights. We're bringing them into the, the big sandbox of, of Marvel events. Um, yeah, yeah. And I, it does change. Uh, it does change how it feels. Uh, to to go back a bit to to Thor, I think like I mean, w- very recently I I can't remember when it was exactly. I think it was maybe in the Jurgens run um, that there was like a version of Ragnarok whenever Odin died or something. Mm-hmm, and my yeah. feeling was very much we've seen this ten times before. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, we'll yeah. we'll see it ten times again, and it's getting really exhausting because. I think Thor comics have a built-in climax to any run with Ragnarok. Like any, r- most runs have a Ragnarok, whether it's officially called a Ragnarok or not. But like it works usually the same. Um, and I think this comic uses that to its advantage by saying, "No, we're we're aware of that, and how do we do a Ragnarok to end all Ragnaroks?" 
Um, and I think that's something that's, to me, really fun about Thor comics specifically. And, I mean, mythology uh, comics. Uh, Superhero comics using mythology as a whole, but, like, in the context of Marvel Universe, especially Norse mythology and, and Thor and Asgard, is that you can very easily use that to basically talk about comics without actually, mm. like, winking and nodding and being very meta, meta about it. Because, like... When you start talking about mythology, you're talking about fiction. And because you're in comic book medium, if you're talking about fiction, you're talking about comics. So here, yeah. like, the whole the whole thing about this Ragnarok is this, how do we break the cycle? How do we break the never-ending thing where each, each, it, it will never seem as final as they want it to seem? Because we know it's not the actual end. So how do we actually end it? Um, like that does resonate with like how do we do that for for comics? How do we do an actual better ending, yeah. a bigger better ending? And I think that's Lit- something that's really interesting with Thor comics that I like in very much in uh, in more recent Thor and Loki comics. And I think this is one of the first I've seen where like I I can find that. Uh, it's like like I I'm not th- I, and I don't think like the writers of this are trying to do a comic about comics, but like really. Oh, I think they definitely are. I think but sure I don't think it's the, the only thing they're trying to do, you know? No, like, There no, are no, some no. comics yeah. that are only comics about comics, and I don't think this is what it no, is. No, I think the, one of the reasons this is great is because it also is just, like, if you don't have that context, it's just a great yeah, Thor comic. Exactly. I think they have the voice of, like, this, you know, the, the big mythological Shakespearean thing going on. I think they, like, get they nail that voice. And the, we should write, say the writer is Michael Avon Owing? Owim? Oming, excuse me. Um, who doesn't do a ton at Marvel, and I'm kind of disappointed. Do you, I was like, oh, do man, you I recognize find out that else. name? I don't. Why? <laughs> I know they do. That's the artist of Omega Powers Flight. with uh, Brian Michael Bentz. The artist of Powers did the writing, wrote this event? or this It co-wrote with Daniel Berman, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's so interesting, huh? Yeah, no, I didn't. Uh, I had no idea. He's, uh, and then he's a Andrea Bendis favorite. Did... He's, he's one of his you know key collaborators on Powers and, yeah. and uh, United huh, States Murder. Yeah. I mean... I think does a great job here. Like, this does not feel yeah. like someone who's not been doing a ton of comics. Um, anyway, the, the like, the, the meta aspect of this, I think, balances it so well in that, like, it's just a really good, engaging, like, mythological tale that kind of amps up the stakes for Thor. Thor having to rip his eyes out, like, to live up to the sacrifice of being a god, you know, that, like, Odin did to pulling out his eye and people being like, oh, or... The Odin power being like, that's not enough. <laughs> you can't just do yeah. what Odin did. You have to make your own sacrifice and blind yourself fully. And then the that continues on with Thor finding out that the reason that Ragnarok keeps happening over and over again is because there are these like gods that stand above the gods that like leech their energy, pull their power from um, these events playing out over and over again, these cycles. So like, and I like that Thor is saying literally like, He's saying the truth of reading one of these comics, which is that, like, the sacrifices and the deaths and the battles mean less. They are lessened by the impact of knowing that it's just a cycle, right? And he's like, my best friend just died, but you're just saying it's just part of another cycle. Like, they, but they fought and gave their life as far as they know. So, like, the the sacrifice is lessened. And it's like, yeah, that's what it feels like when you read a comic and it's like the third time we've seen Balder die. Yeah. Right? So, like, I think that stuff is really fun and engaging and doesn't lean on it too much. Like I think finds the right tonal balance, but also like the stuff going on, like it was so, I mean, I I got so jazzed a few times here, like in a real like nerdy fan service kind of way of um, like 
stuff that like Simonson Simonson has set up and that like that I never really got that jazzed about with Simonson, but like, you know, here it callbacks to it. So like Beta Ray Bill showing up when he shows up at the end of an issue, I'm like hooting and hollering, like to, you know, he shows up to save the day. It's so exciting. And then the um they even do a little like uh when Thor pulls out his eyes, the Odin power is like you know, here begins your true sight. Here begins your journey into mystery. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, that's it. That's the title. I know that. <laughs> like, I got so excited yep. about that. It's so funny, but it, like, really works uh, yeah. when it's done well. And then Thor destroying Asgard himself to break the cycle is so cool. That's and awesome. Wild. Yeah. He rips Loki's head off. And this is such a smart move. Having Loki with him, because Loki's head is, like, dangling from his belt, but having Loki with him while he goes through and does this is so good because it gives you this, like, um, sense of stakes because Loki's there being like, Thor, what are you do Like, I'm the evil one. I wouldn't do this. Like, you need to stop. Like, you're going yeah. way too far. And having Loki, who's, you know, at this point still extremely just kind of an evil villain, being like, yeah. you're going too far. You're crossing the line. If you're <laughs> is doing like, it. If you're doing a Norse story without a chaotic talking head, you you've done yeah. it completely wrong. <laughs> you totally missed the boat. Yeah, it's uh. Anyway, I loved it. And like by the end of this, where Thor unleashes Surtur on the Asgardians themselves, not just Asgard. It's it's like a little bit like Ragnarok, the movie Thor Ragnarok, except that like if <laughs> Thor was just like, yeah, and all my people, let them all die. Um, and then he destroys Yggdrasil and it's the end of all things. I'm like, man, that ruled. I hope Thor never comes back. It's a very cool <laughs> yeah, I'm... it's a very cool way to actually be like, okay, if we're actually talking about breaking cycles, but we then, you know, cuz we're, we're talking about that metaphorically, but then it's also like, okay, but how would we apply that to this actual cycle of Ragnarok? Cuz that's always been a thing in Thor comics that I was pretty confused by. You know, the mythological aspect of that of like everything, you know, kind of just that Ouroboros of of renewal. You know, with Ragnarok, where it's like this thing happens, but then I, everybody comes back, and it's kind of in the Marvel universe, especially. It's like, well, how how the heck does that work? You know, like like how does this how do these cycles work? I guess I just never really had a grasp on. But taking it very seriously, and, and Thor being like, no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> I'm not playing these games, um, and destroying everything. Because then too, it also sets you know, it's, it's talking about the future state. It also sets up the challenge of like, find a way out of this. You know. Like, like whatever way you find out of this has to be different than what's come before, um, which is great, right? To do something kind of kind of exciting on its own terms, but that also then throws down the gauntlet and says, okay, whoever picks this up next, now you have to do something impressive as well. I think that's kind of one of the best gifts you can leave future writers, you know? And it's, I mean, mm -hmm. it's kind of the thing mm -hmm. Morrison does on New X-Men that he gets, uh, or that they get trashed a lot for, which is like, you know, like, oh, it leaves it like unsalvageable. But it's like, yeah, but another way to interpret that is like left a, an incredible challenge for if someone can figure out how to build back from that, that can lead to something fantastic, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm really curious to see if like whatever comes next. And I, and I, I, I actually don't know what comes next in Thor. Yeah. But like, I'm curious to see if the new beginning is like just, okay, now it's Tabula Rasa and we're just doing some new things that doesn't necessarily <laughs> acknowledge how the ending happens mm -hmm. or if it actually takes time to be like no Thor Thor broke the world let's let's reckon with that mm -hmm. it like, definitely let's, let's see what happens I know it that. acknowledges it I don't know how okay. much it grapples with it uh, it's okay. a JM JM Straczynski is gonna 
do Thor next oh, in, a few, right, yeah. in a few years. It yeah. doesn't get but thrown I, away. I have no idea. It doesn't get thrown away is the key point, yeah. though. Um, cool. We'll, yeah. we'll see how yeah, it's going literally, but it doesn't just get washed out. Yeah, I don't think. So, I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> you know, the challenge here for these writers was basically, like, explain why Thor can't go help the Avengers. And they were like, cool. Um, I, actually, I guess there's two parts to it. It's explain why Thor can't go help the Avengers and also we're canceling Thor for three years or two years or whatever it winds up being. Um, and then they're like, all right, cool. We're going to do the actual best Ragnarok story we can do. Um, that's awesome. Like, that's just such a yeah. great place to put a creative team. It is kind of, it's a bit weird. Just that like, you know, cause like Jan, Dan Jurgens has this run that a lot of folks love, you know, but then by the time you get to the actual, like the chance to do the actual Ragnarok, Jurgens is long gone, you know? So it's one of those things where it's like, oh, like it's a little weird. It's not like the end of a sustained run. Maybe you'd have more, even more emotional buildup, but I don't know. We know these characters inside and out, so it's like you don't really need that necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know, it, yeah. in some ways, it's kind of nice. You know, it's kind of the Bendis thing we talk about too, where it's like it's kind of nice sometimes to have creators who are removed from their own continuities because then they're not yeah. calling back to their own games that they've been setting up, and they're just kind of playing with like their own understanding of the unified Thor. You know, which is gonna lean mm-hmm. to Simonson. Yeah. It's gonna lean to Kirby. You know, and it's kind of like, as a fan, I'm kind of like, yeah, like, I don't need a heck of a lot of, like, your, your, obsession, yeah, your obsession with Jake <laughs> well, Olsen you know, or whatever, right? There were a bunch of references to stuff that I was like, well, we missed that. It was like, they were like, oh, yeah. then Thor's brother died, the farmer. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wonder who that guy was. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Zach, I'm so excited that you dug this as much as you did. Like, you're you're Yeah, it rules. I, I, I did not expect it either. And, like, I kind of think... Pulls off, okay, so it has the buildup of the, like, I, I think it actually mirrors Avengers Disassembled in some interesting ways. Yeah. In that it initially builds up, like, threat, 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 death, death, like, you know. And then I think this pulls off a really satisfying conclusion. And I think Avengers Disassembled starts out equally as, like, stakes. Stakes being set. Like, they're in trouble. It never stops. The danger keeps coming, and then to me, Dis- Avengers Disassembled kind of just peters out. Yeah. Um, so, so let's, let's we we'll get to that. Yeah. But I, I do just want to go back to one thing about Thor Disassembled. Just a small. Yeah. I, it seems kind of small, but like it's kind of the thing that's got thrown away. I love Loki storming Asgard. <laughs> like, like <laughs> I love that version of Loki so much. Um, to me, that that is something that happens in uh, Ultimate Alliance the best Marvel story of probably the 2000s of the video game. Um, and uh, he's working with Dr. Doom and Loki leads like the frost giants to attack Asgard. And I, I feel like the visions of conquering Loki are incredibly fun. I just want to put that on record. I want Elle yeah. Ewing and Karen Gillan to take note. Um, <laughs> well, it's fun because wow. he like, coming right from my throat. Yep. <laughs> he, just, he just wants to take over Asgard but, like, the fact that nobody's there is, like, kind of secondary to him. So he's, like, just ruling an empty, ruined city. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, but no no one's there, Loki. And he's like, I rule it. It's mine. Finally. Like, you know, it feels like it yeah. comes from insecurity. <laughs> like, it, it all is bubbling out of his insecurity about being the, like, the second son and the le- least loved son. That's why I overvalue um, Thor yeah. the Dark World. Because of that post-credits tease where he's masquerading as Odin <laughs> uh, yeah. on the throne. I love that so mm-hmm. much that I I don't see all of the Dark World's flaws. Yeah, the Dark I mean, World's <laughs> boring, but Loki, I think, is... Loki's I like Loki in that movie Loki a lot. Really stands That's out my favorite that movie. Loki yeah. movie, yeah. I think. Yeah. 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 yeah, he's good in that. Yeah. I mean, Loki in, in Marvel Comics to that point has a tendency to be like, 
confusingly evil. Like he he's evil to for the sake of being evil because that's he's the god of evil and that's it. Yeah. And I think here, like in one discussion, they go so easily to a core of no, he's like his dad was killed by the king of the Asgardians, and he was taken in by a king that didn't care about him and never would have given him any kind of role. And like so, he's mad at the at that and at the guy who's now like his adoptive brother that's wielding the weapon that killed his own father. Yeah. Like, it goes to a core, ang- like, understandable anger to his character that's like, no, he's still, like, a, a horrible guy and, like, his intentions are terrible, but, like, you can still get what where he's coming from and I think it's, like, that's a balance to Loki that is rarely there in, uh, in Marvel Comics to this point. I think that's, like, since that's, Simonson. That's really interesting. I mean, Simonson is the one. Yeah. Because he, he captures sort of the... Because there's always that sense with Loki where it's like, why do they let this guy hang around? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. like even in the mythology, <laughs> it's like he does horrible him. things all the time. They constantly feel like they need to tie him to a tree on an island where no one can go. And yet he still gets to do all these things. Um, well, you have to establish yeah. that sense of like, well, he's kind of he has dual purpose and he's not the Marvel flattens to the God of evil, which is never quite right. I, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, it feels like there's a missing bit, right? Because, like, they, they always talk about how in, in childhood, Loki and Thor were the best of friends and they went into adventures together. Yeah. And then there was a switch and he, he was just the evil guy that betrayed everyone. And you never... I mean, I'm sure there are flashback stories, but it never feels like that's actually given the weight it should deserve. Like, what, what happened there? This feels like there's something really interesting there that's never quite mm-hmm. on the page. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's... Kind of gonna happen, uh, but uh, this is this is really this is a good way of doing it in like in a story that again is like six issues of ending the whole Thor mythos, and they still manage to give that weight to that character. And honestly, all of the characters like it's it's impressive that they're just coming into that universe in six issues, and not only ending it in a real really good way, but like getting all the characters really right. Everybody like Volstagg is yeah. really good in this Sif is, mm-hmm. is yeah. like they're not given more a more important role than they should have like there's no room for for that many characters to be to be that important but like in the small roles they have they all feel like important and they all feel like just the feeling that each of them is like a survivor of Asgard and that everyone they know is died or is about to die like that gives that gives a course to the characters that's really really interesting in this yeah, yeah. and and better than Usually they do tend to be like the all all the same personality of like vaguely brave warrior mm-hmm. uh, more sure. often than that, yeah. uh, in, including in in the MCU. Uh, yeah, when this is like this is really good at giving them. Reading through this, I was like, well, damn, like who are these guys? Like writing this comic, I gotta go back and like read this yeah. whole run. If this is the finale to their run, it's like no, this is the run. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really wild. Yeah, it's a wild thing to do. Yeah, I guess the. Uh, Owen, Oming, I have a really hard time with that name, does something else Thor-related later, like a a Loki miniseries or something like that? Oh, does he do the Asad Ribich Loki miniseries? No, that's Rob Rohde. We're reading that in the club, Ah, too. There's really not much. There's there's a run I would like to add to the list called Omega Flight in 2007. Why? Uh, Oh, uh, no reason. Having read that, why? Justify yourself. (laughs) Uh, Thor Blood Oath in 2005. Okay. Which I think is like maybe a throwback to uh, like Kirby days because mm-hmm. it's like Thor fighting the Absorbing Man. Um, okay. Yeah, so it might, might be something worth checking out. Oh, and he does a Beta Ray Bill story in 2005 also. Uh, Charlotte, just after Zach asked about Omega Flight, if you could just ask around France if anybody would like to host a comics podcast. 
and just <laughs> yep. be really nice. Uh, all right, let's move in to Avengers. You do like five minutes on Avengers Disassembled, I think. I think five <laughs> minutes for issue 500, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's Oh, do we want to talk about any of the other tie-ins real quick first? Because I... Like I said, the Captain America and the Captain America and Falcon both were like, yeah, this is fine. Let's, let's come Man back was... to that after we talk the event, because I think okay. then then you and Charlie can address, like, do these have any worth um, mm. in the context of the actual event? Because So the event itself is issues 500 to 503, and then there's an Avengers finale one-shot, which really just recaps everything. Um, like I said, we, we, t- we talked about sort of the the event size nature of this. you know, And this is this is definitely, more than anything... This is the here are the keys to the kingdom Brian Michael Bendis moment for Earth 616. Um, obviously, we've talked about this creator a lot at this point. Ultimate Spider-Man is off and running. Daredevil is excellent. And now there's a moment of, okay, given that, given those successes, Powers is doing really well critically. Um, like, hey, transform Avengers. I don't want to make this comparison lightly but, you gotta, but i gotta but you to. it's a 97 mm-hmm. morrison on jla moment for marvel is bendis morrison no is bendis's avengers as good as morrison's jla no but it's a similar idea it's a similar transformative moment there's a hard line before and after at least in terms of like just kind of the modernization and kind of the feel of things right um david finch on art definitely coming from the a modernized Brian Hitch school, I think, of of thought. Things look big. There's space given to disaster. This comic tells you at every turn that it is the worst day in Avengers history, right? That it is the worst thing to ever happen to the Avengers to, to the point where it says it in the intro and then uh, mm-hmm. and, and it'll yeah. say in the solicit and then you'll actually have Hawkeye like in dialogue being like, I can't believe they're doing this. On this, the worst day in Avengers history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, which I actually think like is unnecessary because I think oh for sure yeah because I think Bendis sells it enough that you don't need to just <laughs> I don't think you need to say it in text. No, you, you get it. Like, um, yeah. So just just to like give a little glimpse of what's happening here, the Avengers are just hanging out in the mansion, and then Jack of Hearts shows up. Who I don't know. Tell us everything from... you know, Zach of Hearts. About okay, of I Hearts. know Jack of Hearts from the most recent She-Hulk, the 2022 She-Hulk oh, okay. run. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that begins with Jack of Hearts again showing up from the dead. And She-Hulk being like, aren't you explosive? <laughs> and him being like, no, I'm fine now. I have a cool suit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's that guy's deal. But I didn't know where it came from. She's surprisingly chill in the recent series, considering what happens here. Um. Yeah, I think he's a radioactive. His whole thing is he's absorbs radiation and then it explodes. Uh, I think that's the idea. Anyway, they thought he was dead. He shows up in the backyard. Scott Lang goes to like approach him, and then he explodes, like blowing up some of the mansion, but not all of it, uh, and disintegrating Scott Lang, Ant Man. And then while the Avengers go outside to like examine, you know, the disaster, Vision takes a Quinjet and flies up flies from the sky into the avengers mansion and just that it's like you're immediately like oh okay they can't catch their breath i think that is the moment where you're like it's just two things in but you're like something's up and like event vision has lost his mind he crashes into the avengers mansion and then he climbs out of the rubble opens his mouth and a bunch of like ultron orbs fly out and ultron starts attacking and it's just like and and he doesn't i I just want to emphasize yeah, Finch's yeah. art when he's doing 
a vision melting down mm. and Ultron mm-hmm. orbs yeah. popping yeah. out of his mouth. It's you know, good. it leans horror. It leans like melting synthesoid. It's really good in those moments, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's really effective. And you like feel bad for vision. You're like, oh God, like. Because he's like apologizing before it happens. He's like, you know, I'm not in control. I'm so sorry. Somebody's control. You know, someone is doing all this to you. You know, and that's the underlying mystery throughout all of this is like, who is orchestrating all of these things at once, right? And that's yep. the build up. Yeah. And the like, just I just didn't remember that there was a mystery to it. Just because, like, having read subsequent events, it's like you know, you know what's going on. You know who is doing this. Yes. Well, I did. Like, I had no idea. Like, yeah, sure. But like, you know, if yeah. if you've read anything of the <laughs> subsequent events, like you, you have yeah. an idea. So Zach, uh, yeah. having actually I mean, approached it for the first time, yeah, and somehow guess. avoiding the spoiler, which is flipping amazing. Um, yeah. I had no, I, I mean, I had no idea what this event was. Period. Like, yeah. I didn't know it was what so was at, going at to what happen. Point, I didn't know the at what point that was it? In, uh, not until issue five hundred three, the last issue. Yeah, it was when <laughs> it was when we had a flash forward to Janet being like, "Oh man, I'm so glad I can't have kids. Yeah, Unlike yeah. you, who's had two. What? Oops. Uh, do you have to pee? I have to pee. <laughs> like, it's such like a Michael Scott <laughs> moment of just like <laughs> shut That's your a very mouth. Good person. <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it actually, like, it goes a little far into, like, disbelievability about how stupid of a thing to say it is. That, like, I'm like... To be the okay, catalyst is, for like, something so massive, I suppose. In something so serious that, like, it yeah. was just Janet being so ditzy, like, in and kind of, like, comedically so. Yeah. I don't know if it actually works that well. Um, But, yeah, it's Scarlet Witch, and she goes and fights. I had no idea. So, like, I... This is... Hmm. It's it's a little multiverse of madness, right? It's WandaVision post. <laughs> well, it's it's certainly part of the build to multiverse yeah. of yeah. madness. I mean, it's, all yeah. right. So let's yeah, let's yeah. just dive in then to the because all right. So before we get and into then what the, else? The the, well, Tony Stark. Tony Stark finds himself drunk in front of the UN. She Hulk. Tony Stark, loses. Secretary of Defense, finds himself yes, right. Drunk which I read those. Oh, we read those last week, and then I read. Whereas he hasn't had a drink, okay. right? But mm-hmm. he's nonetheless yeah. drunk, and uh, and condemning Latveria trying to get the in, in the to, most uh, bendisy way it's it's just like i was like oh this is peter parker railing at king it was teenage peter parker you know, yelling at kingpin it wasn't like, super bendisy to me until he goes you're a rat fink you know what a rat yeah, fink is yeah. and goes off on this rat fink tangent <laughs> it was like, <laughs> i was like yeah. okay yeah it's bad yeah um, there is like bendis's writing here doesn't match the art <laughs> Where he's like, he, he is more on the yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man mode than on the Daredevil mode of, of re-joking around, even though, like, it's the Avengers Apocalypse going on. Yeah. Um, that that part of was like, oh, you, you could could restrain a little bit. I don't, think well, he's could as quippy. I don't think he's as quippy as, or as pitter-patter dialogue as he will be, become, you know, and as we know him to be. Mm-hmm. From other things, yeah. I actually think he is restraining himself. Yeah, bit. I think so too. I don't. I don't think this is the worst offense we've seen. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I agree, but I feel like it, because of the kind of comic it is, because of what's going on, it feels like it would gain from being like. I know. I feel like he's more restrained in Daredevil. Like he understands that that's yeah, that's a place where like he can he has to contain that humor to certain certain scenes and certain parts. Feel like yeah. he could do yeah. the same here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't totally disagree. Uh, yeah, it's, and then it's what a She Hulk goes uh full rage mode which i don't know if i've ever seen i'm not sure if it's ever happened um it, never it actually run. it actually i think had kind of just happened in the jeff john so we we skipped the whole jeff john's written avengers which mm-hmm. is in between busiak and this that goes for mm-hmm. about I don't know, is it 20 issues i don't it's 
there's a chunk, maybe a couple arcs. Um, it's not, listen, I'm not a huge Jeff Johns fan, but certainly there's uh, work of his on the DC side that has become massively popular and kind of influential. Uh, at this time on DC, he's doing Teen Titans, JLA. He just on got off folks Flash, like a lot. I think. Uh, he's doing Flash. Good. He's yeah. going to go on to start a Green Lantern run, which really is massive um, coming up next. Uh, but his Avengers really is almost never talked about by anyone. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a weird what if given the stature mm. that the creator goes yeah. on to take with DC. Um, but yeah. anyway, long story short, like one of the things that happens there is I think there's kind of a She-Hulk starts going Bruce, right? She starts having those Bruce-ish uh, loss of control moments, and that's what happens after all the Ultrons. Yeah. She is uh, well, it works well, and the moment of her tearing Vision in half, you know, down the mid- the long way <laughs> uh, is pretty gnarly yeah and i think that like <clears throat> that art really is upsetting like i mean it's vision's dead at that point but to have <clears throat> somebody like you know sp- spoil his body what's the word not spoil his body spoil uh, his body deface it's what's the De- word i'm looking for defile defile, defile his corpse that's what I'm i think spoiling for. his body is one of his sex pranks that he's famous for <laughs> oh my god don't think it describes right. what you're talking about here um yeah no we should i mean listen it's 2004 um, and if it wasn't clear, we are in the era of dismemberment. Uh, this is definitely the DC leans into this heavily as well. Like you talk about Sif getting an arm ripped off. Like, boy, if you've got a limb, hold on tight, baby. Because <laughs> <laughs> artists during this era love dismembering. But yeah, I mean, all of what you're describing here, Zach, like all of it is just like, yeah, they can't catch their breath. Everything's going wrong at once. And Avengers are dying, you know, is, is kind of the thing too. There's... Uh, as this builds, all of a sudden there's a Kree invasion, which is really a moment of just like WTF, right? It's just like, wait, what? And that's, I, I think, the first indication that like, okay, like, is any of this real? Like, what what is actually mm-hmm. happening? Yeah, Nick Nick Fury being like, if the Kree wanted to invade New York, they would just, you know, fire bombs or lasers down from space. They would not show up in person. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is stupid yeah. and this is not how it would happen. And this leads to the biggest death, uh, which is Hawkeye... Has no arrows, goes into the mansion to load up on all of the explosive arrows his quiver can hold, <laughs> then comes back out, is blasted very quickly, has an explosive pack, I guess, stuck to him? I don't know why he couldn't take it off, and uh, and heroically flies his, with a Kree jetpack all of his explosive arrows into a Kree spaceship for the death of Hawkeye. Now, this scene has been roundly mocked roundly mocked really by overly cynical sarcastic comics commentators over the years because of the dialogue commentators okay Uh when i read this not like this when i read this the first time it hit baby it hit (laughs) i like i'm not gonna say there were tears i only cry when old wizards die or when (laughs) ben and johnny have a sad moment those are my those are the things that get me (laughs) Um, <laughs> but this hit, I liked it. And people have mocked Bendis's dialogue here, which is Hawkeye saying, not like this, you know, cause he's like, I don't want to die like this. And then he's like, like this, like this. And he heroically flies in his face. Listen, it works. I love yeah, it. It's, it's yeah, heroic. It's Does it make sense that he couldn't take his pack off? Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay. I think it works. Yeah. I, 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 it didn't like, I wasn't. You know, standing up and cheering, but it—I think it worked. It worked fine. <clears throat> like I, I, I definitely didn't see anything to mock in it. So, you're you're in safe company here, Dave. Good, good. I'm <laughs> wagging my finger at the cynics out there. 
I, I think something that works with the deaths in Avengers Assembled is none of them feel like big heroic deaths that like are gonna stick around for a few issues and then come back once we've grieved a bit. It feels like no, this is like weird and random and sudden and we don't get time to breathe and like I think it 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 adds to to feeling like real deaths in a way that they rarely do in, in Avengers kind, like comics <clears throat> overall. Kind of like how Ecstatics does it. Not quite like Ecstatics, because Ecstatics I think feels even more arbitrary and random and I think that but like it's definitely kind of taking a page out of that book of like Yeah. You don't have a big moment. It's just like, oh, that was a big hero. And then, you know, they just get shot randomly. You turn the page and, like, some foot sh- soldier shoots them. And you're like, oh, damn, they're dead. Like, uh, yeah. So, yeah. no, I, I agree. Okay, so this is all, I'm still, like, along for the ride. And I'm still very much into this. And then we find out in, who is it, Avengers 503? Is that That's the, the last issue? The yeah, last issue. Yeah, that uh, it's Scarlet Witch because she finds out that she had two children and then that her mind was wiped by Agatha Harkness, which I don't remember that. Did did we read that? And I just forgot that like yeah, it's in she was West, made to West Coast yeah, Avengers, okay. I think she was made to forget her children by Harkness. And then Scarlet Witch goes on a little rampage to like find out from Agatha Harkness about this. And then dot 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 <laughs> like this is where it becomes pretty bad for me because it just becomes the motivations become a little blurry and the conclusion just kind of happens like the fuzziness of like so she's just mad and trying to take down all the avengers and i think even more than the motivation i think that it is a really unsatisfying conclusion to like what is happening how is all this being coordinated oh magic it's just magic okay so let's let's here's the charitable reading and then we'll we'll talk about that so scarlet witch is massively powerful as a mutant magician of chaos magic we'll talk about that right? She is doing better, but has had a very traumatic existence, okay? (laughs) When you look at her continuity, it's messy. It's real messy. Um, Daughter of renowned mutant terrorist Magneto was in his terrorist cell for a while before it got better, joins the Avengers. John Byrne puts her through the ringer and then some, right? Kills her husband, the Vision. Oh, (laughs) I guess (laughs) married, married a synthesoid. Okay, mm-hmm. married a robot, as, as Spider-Man jokes here, um, uh, has two kids with him. And then John Byrne's like, yeah, this is all weird. Okay, so disassembles the Vision, takes him away from Wanda, then has her kids stolen by demons who wears them as little hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, all-time ma- all great pandemonium, yeah. Okay, yeah. removes the kids from the equation, <laughs> stolen by, by demons, master pandemonium, and, uh, and Mephisto's involved. And then, you know, Wanda, so she has a breaking moment here in the burn run. We get dark Wanda. And she's had breaking moments before. She's been possessed by Kathan in the David Michelini Avengers. Um, now she's going dark. She gives uh, she gives Wonder Man a torture blowjob, which we all remember from the pages of West Coast Avengers by John Byrne, which we did not read in the comics. I, uh, okay, no, I don't feel sorry. good about Someone... saying that out loud. Just want to clarify. <laughs> Someone <laughs> just brought this up in the Slack, and I think it, that's a little bit of a stretch. It's kind of like the Chuck Austin, like... Angel has sex in the sky right in front of Paige's parents. It's like, no, it's it's heavy petting. Come on. Everyone. Heavy petting. It's, it's heavy petting. Heavy petting, <laughs> I'm gonna die he on says. Charles, do you know what I'm talking uh, about? Do you know the scene I'm talking about? 
I know. It's definitely crazier if you don't know what a preference is. I have no. Is it in Burns, West Coast Avengers? Yeah, yeah, it's in West Coast Avengers. Wanda like lines up all the Avengers. Scroll up in the My Marvelous Year channel. It's not that. Yeah, Burns. Burns doing his Dark Phoenix thing with Wanda, and she's like, "Simon, don't you love my affections?" And then she kneels down in front of him, in front of all the Avengers, Mm. and he goes, "No, no!" And what was he? What was she doing down there, Zach? (laughs) I I don't even know. Definitely don't know that. I mean, maybe she maybe she cut off Wonder Man's penis. We have options. Yeah. Oh, that that's it. There you go. Yeah. Like that's something that should come up more often. Um. Anyway, point is traumatic, traumatic past, traumatic continuity, (laughs) and Bendis leans into all that. Right. Bendis leans into all that. He's like, this would drive someone off the wall. Nobody could actually deal with all of this craziness. You know, and that's for better and for worse. That's definitely a sort of two thousands deconstructing comics looking back at the past and being like okay how do we react quote-unquote realistically to all these things that have happened and in bendis's case it's to basically re-up what burn started doing and be like oh dark wanda we'll just do that again it's a Mm -hmm. drum that gets has been beaten a lot throughout her history yeah um and that's what happens here and it's revealed that okay when she finds out she had kids and they were stolen from her and apparently her memory was wiped she lashes out, and she goes to Agatha Harkness to confirm this. She apparently kills Agatha Harkness, um, and and her powers are getting stronger and stronger as all this is happening. She can basically just alter reality now. Like I don't, I don't know that we've really talked about Wanda in that vein before. Um, I think this is an escalation of her power set, which has always been a bit ambiguous, and I think Bendis takes advantage of that to just make her straight up a reality warper. You know, she is now Franklin Richards, but but an angry, scorned. Um, former mother and uh and the rationale for disassembling the avengers is fuzzy i think um Mm -hmm. i think the charitable reading of it is they knew this and they hid it from her and they wiped her memory and she blames them a la like you referenced identity crisis where it's it's kind of just that purely like you stole a memory from me and you stole my children from me i blame you i think would be the charitable reading of everything that happens here and no one has anything else to say. Uh, oh, I thought in, I, in I, I didn't sound that. Like you so were I think we all agree <laughs> that this was. A I was waiting for you. I thought you were like that's the charitable. Reading. <laughs> no, no. Okay, fine. The so, so that's the charitable. <laughs> Doctor Strange shows up in the last issue to explain this to everyone, and Doctor Strange uh-huh. is like baffled by it all. First off, can't even show up in person. <laughs> and so <laughs> can't what? even be bothered to show up in person. Yeah. Um, how did he? How did he not know what happened to one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, why like, didn't you all tell me? Why didn't you come to me? It's like, how, why did you not know, Doctor? Because he talks so. Because Bendis is like. He's doing a lot of Doctor... I think Bendis is a very bad Doctor Strange writer. Okay, listen, I like Brian Michael Bendis on a number of books. I think he writes magic horribly. I'm super glad he's never had a Doctor Strange book. Um, It's not his forte, okay? Not his thing. Uh, But his Doctor Strange shows up from the Himalayas or whatever, right? In astral form. And he's like... You know, he's talking about all this stuff and he's like, Wanda had kids? What? I delivered those children. You know, and it's like... Okay, Stephen, for someone who introduced himself by saying, It is I, Doctor Strange... I have achieved master level of the mystic arts and multiple times is like, and sorcery, which I am a master of. It's like, you detected nothing? What? How? You know? So there are quite a few things that he's oblivious to in her continuity, but you kind of have to accept that to get to this point. Because if he had known about it, there'd been a story about it. And there hasn't been, you know? Um, So he's explaining all this stuff. And then basically it just, I guess one of the big moments that lands maybe the softest is Carol Danvers is like, no, Wanda has chaos magic. You know, and she's she's doing all this through chaos magic. And Dark Strange is like, let me tell you a secret. There is no, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there is no such thing as chaos magic. And it's like this big 
like like there's like a, literally like a pay, like silent panels of like jaw dropping, and I've never understood that moment. It has yeah, never yeah. it has never first off I don't think that's it's a thing it's a thing that has been soundly rejected I think in Marvel. Oh yeah, for sure. Like chaos magic is a thing that they do talk about and that does exist to the point that in the 2006 What If Avengers disassembled, which is what if Wanda hadn't acted alone, uh, written by Jeff Parker. Jeff Parker has Doctor Strange saying. Uh, uh, somebody told you chaos magic wasn't real. That wasn't me. I would never say that. <laughs> like that's two years later. Okay. Yeah. So people don't even accept that. And then even in the story, it's like, why is this a big deal? Why does this matter? Yeah, I don't yeah, get it. Yeah. I don't get it at all. And, and then like, <coughs> he he says something like, um, well, like, it's weird because it's only four issues. <laughs> that's what that's what I underline this. This is not like years of continuity being built up that Bendis is doing. So no. like, they're like, why did she kill her own husband? Because and then they're like, well, she was at the UN making Tony strange, so this must have been subconscious for her to like kill Vision. And I was like, what? Like, why? That's so flimsy and so yeah. odd. And like, to, to be like, oh, what was happening was accidental. And then it's like the Ultron thing. They're like, oh, why did Ultron attack now? Well, it must be because Ultron programmed himself to like unleash, you know, these Ultron twenty or whatever it was. Um, on the Avengers when the Avengers white alert went out, which is their, like, highest yeah, alert, yeah. was sent out. And I was like, that's a great idea for an Ultron story, right? Like, that Ultron is like, all right, I'm ready to attack. I'm going to wait until I hear the signal that they're already in trouble. That's a very and Doctor then, Doomish move, right? It's like, you know, oh, it's a I've, gr- I've planned for it's when the Fantastic cool, Four right? yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's really great. Um, and, and it kind of adds to the, like, chaos thing. And then for it to be like, oh, no, it was Wanda accidentally doing this. Not even thinking about it. It's like... Okay, well, because that's, that's like, the thing just... we should maybe explain here is, like, Wanda's not, like, in a room orchestrating. She's just, right, like, yes, in the background yeah. of everything that's happening. Yeah. Because she's, like, at the UN with with Cap and Tony, and she's, like, developing a romance with Steve Rogers. And, like, she's around in these... Pay, you know, and it's, it's kind of, you know, as mysteries go, it's kind of like, we'll throw you off her scent, right? It's like she's... Yeah. She's not... It's not like she's been missing this whole time, and it's like, well, where's Wanda? Obviously, she did it. Um, so yeah, all the, so get all no, the reality like, warping speech. isn't like her actively yeah. doing it, I guess. Well, you don't get, you don't get the moment of her explaining herself. You don't get the moment of her revealing her plan or having any kind of psychological insight. Like they go see her and she barely talks to them before Dr. Strange just like knocks her out and it's over. Nobody then, explains yeah. Wanda harder than Dr. Strange. <laughs> like, like the entire <laughs> last issue is Dr. Strange talking. And uh-huh. for a book that is about the Scarlet Witch at betrayal, she does she says nothing. <laughs> yeah. She has no I moments. Mean, yeah. It feels like they're trying to do a weird thing when where one of her like new imagined kids is evil and the other one is good and so like one is happy to see the Avengers and the other one is like the one that's pushing to to that's pushing to destroy them. It's like, oh, are, are you doing a weird thing where like they're part of her psyche and one of them is leading? Like that's like something you can try to read in a scene, but that's not something that's like explaining what she's doing. It's just like she's just confusingly evil in a way. That's like, yeah, it's uh, it's the annoying it's the annoying thing that Marvel does over and over again, where po- very powerful women are just like evil because. That that's what they have to be, and it's like they can't have any motivations further than that. It's just like no, they're, they're able. Well, and they, in this, they can't take it totally. And in this in this case, the explanation is well, she lost her mind, right? So it's, yeah, which it's is not an explanation. A powerful yeah. woman went crazy and is now lashing out, 
and what more Made explanation could you need? I mean, no, it's truly it's really, like it's the girl boss. It's yeah. for sure. It's that trope doubled down on. I think I can see why Bendis would think it was okay to double down on that because Marvel's done it over and over again. You know what I mean? Like probably now it's not a choice the creator would make would be my guess. Um, but, you know, we talked a little bit too about like, okay, so Kurt Busiak is so, so devoted to Avengers continuity, right? In mm-hmm. history. And so he comes onto the title and it's like, you know, what what are all of the threads of every Avengers comic that I love that I can pull in here? Bendis's continuity is closer to the layman's, right? Bendis's continuity mm-hmm. is yeah. closer to what are the big moments that I remember? Um, I read all the yeah. John Byrne stuff. So we're going to talk about that, right? Um, like he doesn't even talk about Cathan. Like he doesn't even talk about like the demon possession, which is a route you could have gone. Um, you know, so it's just like, well, I remember Wanda's trauma from from the burn stuff. And when we're talking Avengers continuity, I guess that'll be the premise for my whole thing is like, wouldn't this have drawn or wouldn't this have have driven this woman crazy? And that's it. And sometimes yeah. that simplicity is kind of kind of nice. Um, I think in this case, though, the there are so many problems with what that actually means for like like if you actually consider Wanda Maximoff as her own character I guess that's the thing is this book does yeah. not consider her as her own character it does not think about who she is at all and this character if you like the Scarlet Witch it has been 20 years of trying to come back from this you know and we're not done yet but like it has been 20 years of of trying to bring her back <laughs> from being a yeah. powerful crazy Wanda you know which is not a great place to put a, I, a character I, I, Again, I mean, I've said this before. I don't really <coughs> truck too much with those complaints. Not like it's fine if you feel that way. It's not but a I complaint because I don't. I'm not like obsessed no, no, with this character. Uh, um, it's just uh, yeah. it's it's a it's a a challenge that is not taken on with any sort of rigor. I think it's it's a yeah. If yeah. you look at the, yeah, the quote you could, unquote, you could the problem do an interesting one that goes evil story. Yeah, like this the is, problem of Wanda. Yeah, Wanda, is yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not like, doing anything with her, right? It's just using it's her not, as a weapon. Yeah. Yeah, totally, exactly, and it's. It, I, th- I think it's it to me. It's just that it's like it has less to do that that it's Scarlet Witch, or you know, has any kind of character assassination, and more that it's just like it comes out of nowhere. It's such an unsatisfying conclusion to the mystery, the build up of what's happening here, and then it and then it's resolved. Oh, I don't so know about that. Fl- actually, Charlotte, what do you? It's resolved so flimsily to me. I. It's weird. To, it's weird because like. It feels so natural to me because I know that's what's coming. Yeah. So like, I think like I definitely I see Zach's argument, but I think just because I already know that's what's happening, I my brain doesn't go like, oh, this is weird. It's just because yeah, that's that's, no that's the option. truth. And I think yeah. like I'm I'm like I know what's happened, and therefore I I'm so far removed from it that I can't imagine it being otherwise. But I definitely agree with Zach. That's like I don't think it's the best. I think on paper the idea that the big threat is going from their own team that's like that's really interesting. Yeah. The way in which it's done it's like I don't actually get what's going on. Like I like what's going on but I don't think the explanations are <laughs> are good at all. Yeah. 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 Okay. It, Zach, what, Zach, what were you picturing? Like clear. Ultron or Condoferia or like an actual villain? Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know, like a Doctor Doom, right? <laughs> like orchestrating everything behind the scenes right. or well, I I don't know. <laughs> I I mean that's kind of the point is like that it was a mystery, so I had no idea, and I really was involved because I was like, I really have like this does not seem it familiar, right? The difference between like Vision being hijacked to deliver Ultron to the Avengers and Tony Stark finding himself inexplicably drunk, like these are 
very different happenings here and two different like right. angles of attack. Right. So like, yeah. what could be orchestrating these two different things is like very interesting to me. And you know, like I see a world in which the Scarlet Witch thing could work. It just it's over before you know it. Like you know, you find out that it's Scarlet Witch, and then they knock her out, and then Magneto shows up to take her home. <laughs> and I'm like, Magneto just got his head cut off. What's going on? Dave, oh my gosh, I, I hadn't even this. thought of that. I forgot. Yeah, this, this is probably <laughs> something we haven't read. We're still living in a Magneto should be dead society. Uh, he, he's is this, back. Is this he, got, he got better. Astonishing X-Men? Or are we going to cover no. this? No. No, he's not an Astonishing X-Men. Uh, he got better. Don't worry about it. Mo- <laughs> Morrison doesn't do it, right? No. Like, I think it's Clemens, right? In, in Excalibur? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a new Excalibur run. There's So there is, in the tie-ins, technically, there's Excalibur number eight. Which is, oh, you have this listed way down being like, <laughs> I cannot in any way endorse this run on Excalibur. Well, it's it it's not down because I don't like it, which I don't. It's just it's the last issue um, in the mm-hmm. list. But uh, it's just chronological. Um, but uh, that means it that means it comes last, Zach. It means it's not it's not a ranking. It just means like that's the order in which uh, it goes. You literally say, I cannot in any way endorse this run on Excalibur. Yeah, and also it's last, because I hate it. <laughs> so, uh, yep. no, this is, Chris Claremont comes back for an awful Excalibur run during this time frame and is immediately tasked with retconning what Morrison did. With it's Maggie. wild. And I'm looking at this, and it looks like it's straight out of, like, 1982, like, these comics. I remember it's despising pretty... this run, and there's one issue of it that I like. Uh, that we'll talk about Circa House of M, or the, at least that has mm. relevance. Uh, but yeah, okay. no, that's that's where it happens. Magneto got better. Um, don't worry about Planet X. <laughs> oh, uh, sorry, just to clarify, I was actually looking at the 1989 comic when I <laughs> said that it looks oh my like God. the 80s. I knew it happened. <laughs> okay, no, this, that's a great this actually criticism. looks very... This looks like it yeah. was made in the 80s. <laughs> it was. Uh, no, this does look more modern. But uh, actually, this looks kind of... Hella cool. This woman's got tentacle arms. So let know. me let me say too, the, the what you're talking about and sort of the the chaos of that. I actually like the speed with which everything happens in Avengers Disassembled. I'm glad it's not drawn out for longer. Um I agree it's a little chaotic, but I, I think revealing it's Wanda and having Magneto come and get her all in one fell swoop, like it really like yeah, put a bow on it. Wrap it up. Move along. Like that I actually have no problem with. I mean, this event moves fast. You I know, like I wasn't yeah, I, even I sure that it actually was Scarlet Witch at the very end. <laughs> like, oh, as Magneto was taking her. Yeah, yeah. I was just still kind of like, I, it just still felt so under unmotivated and like, like literally lack of us seeing it. Like, of us literally seeing yeah. her doing anything, any agency here that I was unsure that you need, like, you need I that moment. Like, Maybe you need that issue. You need the Wanda issue. Right, yeah. you need yeah, the yeah. thing from her perspective where it puts into to clarity like what she's going through, and and also just like wait, why does she want to disassemble the Avengers? Like, why would that be the most important yeah. thing to her? You know, like there's instead you get two pages uh, next to a swimming pool with Jane Van Dyne, which like cool Olivia Coppel art. So I, I like that artist, but yeah, oh, it's, yeah. I mean, nothing. yeah, we get like more Janet in Captain America. She's a cabbie now, smooching Captain America for one <laughs> reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very strange. Oh, and another important detail. Miss Marvel's ass is out this entire event. It doesn't matter how serious the happenings are, how you know dramatic the arguments, and how 
life-threatening the stakes are her full ass is on display Who, who's in this song and it is miss marvel oh funny is i didn't notice Captain... i didn't even see that i, I guess i just I must it's have like been looking six up, panels there's so many panels that are just like her entire bare ass is well that was the costume really... zach that was the costume yeah that costume is so bad uh, if by bad you mean bad Real bad, Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, I do, mean, I do mean real bad. Yeah. Yep. Um, Still making so, Kanye references in 2023. Just want to point that out. Yep. That If anyone caught that, that was a Kanye reference in 2023. Cannot fully cut it out of I, my system. Y- here's a little Kanye uh, side note. The San Diego Wave, the soccer team, the, uh, <laughs> the song that the players come out to yeah. every game is all the lights and <laughs> yeah but they can you they call can you the, call it a rihanna song because she stole it at the they Super only Bowl. do the rihanna yeah, part. Yeah. they cut it before there's any kanye <laughs> right, on it right. and i but i'm still kind of like man it's kind of still a choice to be sticking with kanye here like you know i the, like the i like the idea of like claiming March. it as a rihanna song as intellectually yeah. dishonest as we all know that to be yeah 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 <laughs> okay um yeah so you know what like i i enjoyed it i'm 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 still kind of I'm still positive on this. I think it like the, the buildup was enjoyable enough that the unsatisfying ending didn't like completely spoil the thing for me. But I want to um, say, yeah, I do want to say bump. too. This is definitely, it's definitely a sign of things to come, both in terms of Bendis's approach, but also he's much better at buildup than he is at resolution. This will mm-hmm. happen mm-hmm. over and over again with all of his Avengers. J.J. Abrams work. Yeah, it is for sure, and. I think, you know, I guess my advice now would be... Well, stop caring. Stop, no, it's like that Lostian thing of, like, enjoy the ride, right? Yeah, it's like, sure. enjoy the yeah. ride and enjoy those sensations because I promise you the conclusions <laughs> will not satisfy you in the way you're okay. hoping they will, right? Yeah. It's like we were yeah, all dead okay. on the island the whole time, okay? There, I it's also, out there. I also feel maybe he's better at, at like long form storytelling like a big run like spider-man or ultimate spider-man or daredevil than he is at like at like five to six issue events which mm. is like not a great sign because that's a lot of what he's gonna do for the next honestly like 15 years well i mean um, through, ta- through 2010 now you know the marvel events like he writes basically one a year with the yeah. exception of 2006 2007 where mark miller comes in to do civil war like yeah. this is even like this era 2016 is Civil War 2, and that's Benny Steel. Oh, you know? like, Charlotte, we don't talk about that. <laughs> we're going to have to talk about no. it. I don't like it either, but yeah. Wait, <laughs> sorry. Something, there's... Oh, so we didn't talk about the finale. The finale, I think, is actually a real clunk. I think the finale is um, really bad. I think the finale is really bad, <laughs> and also is like a weird like victory lap for Avengers in a way that feels... Un- like, it, it ends with the characters literally stepping outside to, like adoration and applause like as they're being disbanded well it's taking that like, it's taking this real serious you know it's kind of like what i talked about with thor there where it's like this book has never ended before this book doesn't end you know mm-hmm. so it's taking a yeah. real congratulatory like look back on the history of avengers i mean the last half of the issues just like moments from avengers you know it's uh, uh including yeah. including secret wars 2 which is <laughs> so damn funny yeah yeah, but yeah like remember that time that guy came like they're all sharing their favorite moments which I, I actually don't mind in theory i just don't think it actually was particularly interesting or illuminating yeah i don't uh, i don't mind the bendis trope like like this opens with everyone sitting around the table and hawkeye talking about his his horniness for madam viper and i actually kind of like i that, like yeah. i actually like those yeah. moments of bendis just having characters have real conversations i i yeah. actually yeah, yeah. enjoy that and it's not too long either is the thing 
um, Avengers finale, the problem is it's 18 pages of that, and it's a lot, and no one's really saying anything interesting. That in that last yeah. note of just like it feels like literally like patting yourself on the back, uh, and it read to me as slightly embarrassing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe other people won't see it that way. I I did not care for it. I thought about reading yeah. it again. I was like, geez, why why is this even here? Um, I, yeah. I like the the scene where they're all toasting to their fallen friends and Wonder Man very seriously saying Wizard. That's, that's, <laughs> that's a good joke. Because <laughs> yeah. oh, like it's, it's a it's a Scarlet real like which I think Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver's Ursat's dad for a little while. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's so funny. He, uh, uh, yeah, he was the the maybe father before Magneto took over. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, We've so the I have nothing to say about the Captain America tie-in or the Iron Man tie-ins. Um, Fantastic Four, I didn't even look at because I figured I would probably end up reading those anyway because I'm just reading the those whole are line. those are so loosely connected. the The Fantastic Four and the Spider Man yeah. stuff are, are like not connected. To the so Spider Man, I think those are great comics. I really like those, but because I've read them in the past, uh-huh. um, but they're not tied this in is, here. Uh, and I actually Spectacular Spider Man, yeah, yeah, Spectacular Spider Man, the Jenkins run. Um, and I was actually considering throwing those on the Dean's list for the later in this year. So oh, we might just end up reading those because I think they're really fun and kind of like, is this the one with the a, bug lady? Yes. Yeah. I don't think these, uh, and okay. the like, I don't and like trying yeah. to, yeah, what did you read? I'm not reading that too. T- I'm not reading that twice. <laughs> what the <laughs> hell? You don't have to read it again. I like, you I like, like some it? Paul Jenkins Spider-Man stuff, but the bug lady one ate, ate my favorite. I remember that. No. Yeah. It's fine I like, to kind I like of it. i don't know annoying in some parts i was kind i read of out it when, on it maybe it is nostalgia because i did read them when i was like 19 yeah, oh, yeah. did you reread like, this, this? Is... did you reread it for this no i haven't okay so i'd be curious to see what your thoughts are rereading spectacular it, spider-man 21 the issue that comes right after this is going to be on the dean's list later this you, year. you've it already got a full a dean's list issue. you can't you can't I do not. i've got like three comments you have since passed and uh-huh. then two more Spidey like, comics. That's going to be plenty. That's like six issues, you lunatic. <laughs> okay, but it's since past. You don't think we're going to have a lot to say about it? I don't know. I don't think you get available. one Damn. more comic. Okay, this and it can't be run. the Bug Lady. <laughs> it's the six issue arc here. <laughs> no way. <laughs> okay, maybe we'll see. I'm I'm kidding. You oh, can put oh, as many comics. Flight. I'm kidding. You can put whatever Omega comics you want, but uh, but please don't put the bug lady because I promise you it's not as good as you remember it. I mean, if I have to choose between this and the Mega Flight, I'm choosing Omega Flight. I'd rather read Omega Flight. <laughs> for yeah, sure. that sounds pretty good. Yeah. Someone someone in the Slack actually popped up to tell me it was pretty good. Um, all right. Well, I personally, my 19 year old self implores the listener to go read those Spider Man comics, not because they're tied into Disassembled, but because I think they're pretty fun. It's not sorry, <laughs> Charlotte. Did you like any of the other tie-ins enough to recommend them? Uh, what did you think? Yeah. Um. Let me see. Iron Man was kind of a big nothing in in the continuation of the stuff we read. I guess we uh, should mention week. with him that he is officially out as Secretary yeah. of Defense. So this does remove him from <laughs> his role in the office because he was portrayed as drunk, which is actually kind of laughable. I'm like. Yeah, it's probably fine. You can probably get away with it. It's just the UN. Would like... he actually lose his position because of <laughs> yeah, that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't think so. Well, it's also like he is yeah. yelling at Latveria because I, I, at first I was kind of I'd read the quote a couple of times and it was like, who's he saying that to? Like that could be gross. Uh-huh. You know, is he talking to like Iraq, like Iraq war here? And it's like he's saying it to Latveria. I don't know. <laughs> kind of unbothered by it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fine. And he doesn't say anything that bad. He's just like, we ought to string you up, you 
Rat Fink. Rat I mean, Fink. he's threatening to kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> towards the end. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Captain America and Falcon is fine. It's what you imagine a Christopher Priest Captain America would be. Uh, uh, it's, the it's the a, only really bad, confusing <laughs> part is that J. Jonah Jameson and the Navy Admiral, who's like in charge of the Navy's version of uh, the Super Soldier, are like the same exact character, but they're <laughs> in the same space as well. Yeah. So I was, in jumping in the middle of this arc, I was wildly confused uh, going back and forth. I was like, why is Falcon pulling out a gun on J. Jonah Jameson? Like, he has yeah. no power here. I don't get it. I guess we should kind um, of uh, mention, too, that like Cap is really falling for Wanda. Is a thing that is being yeah, emphasized throughout this. She, I mean, she's literally a cab driver as her full time job now. It's very strange. I've never totally, like, I've never totally reconciled. Like, is this a real thing or is Wanda also reality warping this romance? Because certainly in the in the moment, it because you know when Cap's talking about Wanda, he's like he's very sullen. Everyone, there's a lot of crying in the Avengers um, during Disassembled. You know, Cap is when he when he finally has to admit it's Wanda. You know, he's tearing up. The what if that I mentioned. Which came out a couple of years later. The the what if you know she didn't act alone? That really leans heavily into the Cap and Wanda romance. It's not a thing that really gets a heck of a lot of play other places. Uh, but there mm-hmm. there was a push here. Yeah, while like well in in Captain America and Falcon, he's not dating, but like hanging out with hanging out with uh, Wanda, and then he's also like rekindling his his relationship with Diamondback Diamondback in uh, in Captain America uh, like titleless, uh, and that oh my god I. It's uh, Kirkman writing Katrinka. Ah, oh, he's so annoying. Yeah. Oh my gosh, he's so <laughs> annoying. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's funny because I think Kirkman's about to write one of my favorite Marvel comics yeah. soon, which is Marvel Zombies, I think, yeah. is is him. And I think, when, when does that come? Is that? That's 2006. So that's not too far off. I love yeah. Marvel Zombies, uh, especially as, as a noted Kirkman hater. Uh, I yeah. think Marvel Zombies rules. He's got a real, like, glib, uh, like, grating uh, writing style in, in these Captain America issues. That, like, it feels like he's writing a very comedy-leaning comic. Kind of, like, invincible mm, and, and mm-hmm. almost more comedy-leaning than that. But the art doesn't carry that at all. Yeah. Uh, so, like, even jokes that, in theory, I would kind of like don't work. There's one where, like, him and Diamondback are, like, Tied, tied up and like uh, prisoners of I don't even remember who Modok or, so- Modok or something yeah. uh, and he's like oh no the movie we, ran- we rented I'm gonna have to pay like rental fees but oh, the way God. the art works is like that's <laughs> it doesn't work it's not funny even though it sh- kind of should be like that's, that's a funny yeah. idea but like yeah no it's it's kind of a big nothing uh, yeah and that's in Fantastic Four like if you like the way it run you, you'll like them right. mostly mm-hmm. um, yeah. no I, I do think they were like kind of mm, Lesser than most of what we read of uh, of Wade and Waringo, uh, but yeah, overall I'd say like Thor, great. Otherwise, yeah, mo- just read Avengers and Thor. I mean, I think uh, Thor is Thor's the like standout for me here. Like, if I'm yeah. going to return to this, I'm going to read these Thor comics again. I mean, Disassembled goes down quick. It's four issues and then an epilogue you don't need. So like, I was surprised. It's, you know, I haven't read it for probably <clears throat> over a decade. Um, and I wow, oh crazy. Yeah, I was surprised how like how much of it I remembered. Actually, because um, a lot of times yeah. you go back to these comics and it's like, oh, I've forgotten this part. And oh, it, it, like I actually, you know, it's like I, I remembered all of it. Like there was nothing here that surprised me, <laughs> which may, maybe yeah. means it lacks nuance or whatever. But it's also like, yeah, it's just full of big moments and uh, and moving fast through them, you know, and I think it does it effectively. I mean, if you're if you're enjoying this, good, because <laughs> next time we're going to talk about, you know, more Bendis special. We're going to talk Secret War, which is a mini event. 
that Bendis writes with Gabriel Del Otto. And then we're going to talk the pulse. And uh, and Secret War is another thing where it's like, okay, keys to the kingdom. Brian Michael Bendis, where are you taking the Marvel Universe? Um, and uh, it's got big ramifications, and it's going to keep driving things. So well, I, I, I am, he doesn't I lack excited. for – I just want to say, like, he doesn't lack for yeah, 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 ideas, and he yeah, doesn't yeah, yeah. lack for creating a real center to the Marvel Universe. It's one of the things I like the most about the Bendis event era is, like, you know where the center is. You know what yeah. the universe as a whole is going through. Even if you don't like a particular event or whatever, there's there's a core holding it all together. And I think that's one thing that I keep coming back to, especially in modern comics, where it's like when the Marvel Universe lacks that, it feels like it's at it, at its worst. It feels those are the moments when you're like Marvel Comics has a problem. Um, and uh, and the Bendis era never has that because he's got a plan uh, and he's and he's kind of holding it all together. And he's not like a master planner or anything, you know. But it's but there's a there's just a sense of like, well, we know whose hands this is in, and we kind of, you know, we know what's going somewhere, and that that does help. Yeah. Yeah. And there's yeah. there is editorial ramifications. Like it's impressive that this is an event that ends Iron Man, Captain America, and Thor, runs uh, and no, not Fantastic Four, but like yeah, those big three yeah. runs are like ended by this event yeah. and are gonna be out for a few for a while. Yeah, that's not that, like. I like that's happened with Heroes Reborn, Reborn slash Return, and like I don't think anything else at this point, right? Like nothing else has like ended three runs at once, three huge runs like this. I mean, Age of Apocalypse once. is maybe the closest you get to it because it you know quote unquote ended X Men comics for yeah. four months, but it it didn't really you know just paused everything. Um, yeah, and even then, like you get a retitled equivalent comic right. in the meantime, right? But this no, this uh, really yeah. it reboots everything, you know, resets, and it's like all right, when we come back. We're talking Ed Brubaker and Steve Emptick on Captain America. We're talking yeah. Extremis on Iron Man. We're talking JMS Arrow of Thor. Like, there's real sort of like, yeah, we're coming back and we're bringing some creative heavy hitter stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. which is it, which is cool yeah. to see. Two two plan. series that need it like that haven't yeah, gotten that in sure. a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, yeah, exciting, exciting. I I've, I'm becoming a Bendis guy. I'm, uh, you know, I still got my complaints. I don't think he's ever gonna completely sidestep the like. The, the prose dialogue stuff that kind of irks me that but besides that like he just, he's so good at escalation you know so good at building the tension on this stuff so um, uh, i'm excited to see what he does although you know i could use like an episode or two break from him yeah i was gonna uh, say next episode is all bendis yeah what are we reading next then the episode, episode after that oh, okay is all mark miller <laughs> I was, well i was trying hey, to buddy. set you up for a joke here dave with you know because next episode is literally another bendis event and more alias <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Didn't no, it's it's Bendisy hard yeah. next episode, and then all Mark Miller, and then we got Morrison, mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, X Men stuff. Mm-hmm. So we got some some big name creators, and then our and our... then a comic called Identity Disc, which I have no idea what that is, but uh, well, it's been one of my it's been one of my under the radar faves for a while. Uh, we have it officially requested here by Patreon backer Johannes K. Thank you, Johannes, for adding mm-hmm. it to the list. That'll be an interesting episode. We're doing Identity Disc, a Loki mini, as drawn by Isad Rubich. And uh, yeah, and it was kicking off a little cable and Deadpool, a little cable and Deadpool, which I'm so confident is going to be the book that I liked the most that I now have the hardest time reading. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> confident. Okay. All right, any final thoughts? Yeah. Anything we missed? Hmm, I don't think so. Yeah, Good, no, uh, cool, cool, cool new new start for for, yeah. for the Marvel universe. Yeah, it's it's yeah, a nice like, feeling to actually. It's funny because like resets get so criticized now because marvel has so overdone mm-hmm. it 
Um, but it's actually a really nice feeling in this particular moment in 2004 when you know it's like things have been kind of resetting for a while as far as Marvel Knights and the Joe Quesada as editor-in-chief reign. Um, and it, like Avengers is one of those franchises where it's like, yeah, kind of all this stuff needs a, a you know, a refresh. Um, yeah. And it's it's actually encouraging. You know, it's strange to, to have that instead of just being annoyed by it. Yeah, it very much feels like like we we said a few 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 years back that like 1998 in Marvel Knights feels like the beginning of of modern Marvel. Yeah, it feels like that bleeds into bigger series with Morrison on on X Men and Bendis on Daredevil. And now like Avengers Disassembled is the moment where that takes over the big the big 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 series, the Avengers style series, and that's like that's gonna be really mm-hmm. exciting to see. I do maintain that Avengers and X Men cannot both be good at the same time um <laughs> i think historically you will find that because it's like the okay marvel knights happens and we get the morrison run from you know 2001 to 2004 and like the second that ends then it's like and now avengers resets and becomes something interesting again yeah. as as x-men fully tries to recapture some back to basics nostalgia that never quite yeah. works um, it feels like one of the two has to be the center of the Marvel universe, and it can it can be two at once. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I I haven't actually gone through and like done this exercise, but certainly in the modern era, you know, from 2019 to present day, it's like okay, the X Men can be good, but the Avengers stink. You know, um, when you think about no. the Hickman Avengers, 2012 to 2015, X Men's actually <laughs> in Bendis's hands, ironically, and it's average at best. Um, yeah, they kind of take turns. I think they kind of. What take about turns. when they fight? Uh, that Avengers I guess that would be the versus X Men. Yeah, yeah. I guess when they're fighting, then I'm just sad that my friends are fighting. So I, I just kind of <laughs> yeah, yeah. You never want to see that. No. Yeah, right. I don't actually have Thanks, a good guys. example of like an Avengers X Men <laughs> story I like. Um, yeah, I mean Judgment Day recently is kind of that, but yeah, no, yeah. Judgment Day is actually like either or. pretty good. Okay, good job, everybody. Charlotte, good job on the intro. Well done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Very funny. Yeah. Today. Uh, okay, My Marvelous Year is brought to you by patreon.com slash mymarvelousyear. You can go over there and support us and find some cool benefits. Uh, music for the show is by Disaster Peace. You can listen to Zach and Charlotte talk about highfalutin non-superhero mm-hmm. comics over on the Extra Issues podcast. If you were already following along with the My Ultimate Year podcast, you're already subscribed. Give it a listen. Um, yeah, yeah. And uh, you can find my stuff, honestly, not easily. It's going to be hard. Um, Sign up for Dave's Comic Book Herald email. Yeah, He's say. doing good work That's where all on the, best the weekly stuff essays. Dave, thank yeah. it's, I always look forward to reading this. Oh, thank you. I appreciate oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's something where I'm writing the most and uh, for the least amount of people, but it's uh, it's kind of the most fun I've had writing about comics in a bit. Um, cool. CBH is on pause, baby. CBH is on, it's on some sort of pause. You know, it's hmm, like the perfect. site will be there and it's always accessible, but I'm. I'm definitely reset. I'm resetting things as well. I'm pulling a 2004 mm. Marvel Avengers. Busing here. disassembled. Busing disassembled. Busing <laughs> removed from the internet. I think is more uh, more what's happening yeah. here. But thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we'll we'll see you next time. It'll be 2004 Part Four again. Talking Secret War and the Pulse. All the issues are in the show notes, or you can get access to the full spreadsheet via the Patreon. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next year. See you, see you next, next year. year.